Good afternoon, and thanks for joining us for Managing to Make a Difference. My name is Kyle Bruce, and I'll be your moderator for today's show. I'm also joined by Larry Sternberg, our expert on management techniques, the research behind them, and why effectively implementing them can make a difference. Today's topic for discussion is how managing to make a difference requires managers to help people self-actualize. This topic comes from Chapter 14 of Larry and Kim Turnage's book, Managing to Make a Difference. So, Larry, self-actualize. This sounds like a self-help term from the 90s or something. Can you, can you tell me? I know that's not what it is, but that's what it sounds like. So tell me more. What does that exactly mean, and how does it affect, uh, from a manager's standpoint, how does it affect people? The way Kim Turnage and I use this term in this book and in our consulting is to help a person grow into their talent, identify their gifts, and grow into using those gifts and become more of who they really are, as opposed to trying to change who they really are. So self-actualization for us is becoming more of who you really are, and in particular, identifying and growing in the area of your giftedness. That's the way we're using the term. So, you know, there's been a, the, the concept of authenticity has been around uh, for quite a while. I haven't heard it quite as much recently, but, um, you know, several years ago, it was a very a big component, you know, embracing your authenticity. Is self-actualization the same thing as, you know, being authentic or being your authentic self? I, no, I wouldn't say it is the same thing. I, I can see how there's some overlap, but be, being your, I mean, if you're self-actualizing, you are being your authentic self. So I, I don't know whether you could really self-actualize by being some counterfeit person, by, you know, always putting on a face that really isn't you. And that would be very inauthentic. And it would be the, the opposite of self-actualization. But uh, here's the, and this is strictly an, an intellectual uh, distinction, but you could, for instance, be very authentic, but never grow, in which case your, your growth and your own self-actualization might be stunted, but, but wherever you plateaued off or decided to quit working on your own growth, you could still do that in a very, and be a very authentic individual. Okay, that's helpful. So tell me about a time perhaps maybe when you found that sweet spot where you were self-actualizing you know, how would a listener know in that case, how would a listener know if they're, if they've chief achieved self-actualization, what are sort of the signs? Well, first of all, I don't think self-actualization is something that you can say you've achieved and check it off your bucket. Okay, I'm self-actualized <laughs> now. Uh, you know, I think that uh, we're always in a journey of becoming. And so when you're self-actualizing, you're becoming more of who you are. So I don't think you can say, hey, I'm self-actualized. But I think you can say, I am self-actualizing by pursuing my dreams and my passions and understanding who I am, being comfortable with who I am, and wanting to become more of who I really am. And that is partially a journey of discovery. So how can someone tell when they're doing this? That, that is a terrific question. And, and uh, uh, nobody's ever asked me that question. So I get to take hey, a right. stab. Well, yes, it's a terrifically interesting question. 
and and I'm hoping some listener chimed in with an answer, uh, you, which you can do by email, and we'll talk about that later. But you can tell if you're self-actualizing. I think, first of all, how do you feel? Do you look for, and I'm talking about self-actualizing primarily uh, for this purposes of this podcast and the book, self-actualizing through your work. And so do you look forward to going to work? Are you spending most of your time doing things you're good at and enjoy? Are, do you feel like you're growing and can you articulate uh, how you're growing? And are you looking forward to the growing more in the trajectory you have? So you're self-actualizing if you feel that way. And if you have had a dream of some sort, for instance, maybe you've had a dream to start your own business um, and you keep holding on to that dream. And then one day you decide, by gosh, I'm going to do it. Then if you are pursuing one of your dreams and one of your passions, then again, you're self-actualizing. I, I, uh, so those are the kinds of things I would, I would look for to find out whether or not you're self-actualizing. And, and I think you, somewhere along the line, you, you asked me about me. Yes. Um, and I know, and, asking Larry to tell a story. Yeah. Gee. This isn't a story, but this book, Managing to Make a Difference, which, which uh, as many people know, just came out here in May with my co-author, Kim Turnage. Over the years, numerous people have asked me to write a book. And I finally did it along with Kim Turnage. And the book is a major form of self-actualization for me. And I, I certainly hope people find value in it. But the book is not that different from a work of art. So you create your art and you put it out there and you're not in charge of whether people find value in it, whether they like it or, or not. You know, just like beauty, value is in the eye of the beholder. So uh, Kim Turnage and I put this out there and it's a major form of self-actualization for us, whether or not anybody finds value in it. So it's, it's your masterpiece, obviously, and, and hopefully, and I think that our listeners and everyone else will find an awful lot of value in it. Um, now, in this chapter, you talk about a formula, um, talent plus fit times investment equals growth. Um, how can this formula that, you, that you've put out for everybody, how can it help somebody in, in their journey or organizations in their journey to help people to fulfill their own self-actualization? Well, that's a terrific question. I love talking about this formula. It, and let me just state, it's not the only way to help someone grow and self-actualize. It is a way. And from years and years and years of experience, it works. So I don't want any listeners to believe that I, I'm, I'm so delusional that I think I have found the answer uh, to this very important and very complicated question. Uh, but I think I have found a path, an approach that works really well. And so let's let's break it down. It's talent plus fit times investment equals growth. So the first concept is talent. Talent, you can think about talent as a synonym for aptitude. Okay. It's the it's the potential to do something at a high level of excellence, and it's. Uh, 
it's not earned by effort. It's not earned by study. It's it's potential. So by definition, you know, you can't go out and get it. You can't get it through practice. You can't get it through. It, it's 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 God given potential. That's why aptitude is a good synonym. The potential for excellence. The natural ability to do something really really well. Then you have the concept of fit. You know that you're in the right fit for your talent, for your gifts, when your spontaneous behavior happens to be the behavior that leads to success. And and there's lots of examples of what I mean by that, and we can get into them later, but that's what fit is. And then investment is, among other things, the, the normal kinds of investment that organizations and individuals make in a person. So that investment might include training. It might include assignments that require you to grow into a new responsibility or set of responsibilities. Uh, it, It might include a lot of those kinds of things. And the most important form of investment, however, is relationship. And at the very beginning of this series of podcasts, we defined relationship the way we use the term. Relationship is your response to the existence of another human being. So what kind of responses are the ones most likely to bring about self-actualization and growth? That's what the investment part is. And mentors are people who invest in others, coaches, teachers, parents, friends. You you can invest in a lot of people on and off one's job. So all of those things constitute investment. So that's the, and then growth is what we've been talking about. It's that self-actualization. It's making the highest and best use of the gifts you've been given and increasing your capacity to make a difference through using those gifts. And you can increase that capacity by taking courses, as I say, by practicing on, on certain uh, skills and, and behaviors. There's a lot of ways you can grow in the areas of your strengths and giftedness, but that's the formula. So it boils down to this, understand what someone's gifts are. And this is true, by the way, if you have children. It's it's not, it's not just uh, confined to your professional life. You have children, you have friends, Understand what their gifts are. Figure out what's the right fit. And we're talking about careers here. What's the right fit for someone who has those gifts, who has that configuration of strengths? And then once you get them in the right fit, then you invest in in amplifying those gifts and in growing them in those areas. If you do that, you're going to bring about growth in a uh, darn near pain, painful, darn near unpainful way, uh, you're going to be helping that person experience a lot of joy as they grow into their own talent and giftedness. So, Larry, and, and we're we're going to be timed out here in about a minute and a half for our first break. But I want to kind of get you to think about some illustrations. You know, help me. 
help our audience and, and me to understand um, maybe what's the difference between somebody who's really talented and somebody who is not, or maybe it's where they've got great talent, but they're in the wrong fit. Um, I'd love to look at those illustrations when we come back from the break to talk a little bit further about what talent means um, in the real world versus maybe just a concept. Um, so we are getting ready to take a break here, everybody. Um, sure do appreciate everybody listening today. Uh, after we get uh, back from the break, we'll talk more about the growth formula. And if you haven't ordered your copy yet of Managing to Make a Difference, it is available at Amazon.com or Barnes & Noble. Um, so you can order your copies today. Uh, also, uh, we would love to hear from our audience. If you have questions or comments, all you have to do is simply click on the email host button just above the podcast description, and we'll work some of those topics into our upcoming podcasts. Um, so we will see you in just a few minutes uh, after this quick break, and we'll talk more with Larry about the growth formula. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Asked to manage your teams but wonder when or how? Join Talent Plus on-site with us or at your corporate office for a seminar built just for you. Leadership Toolbox focuses on individual engagement, talent and fit, team dynamics and growth, and creating a strength-based culture. This interactive, seminar-style format is just the set of tools you need for world-class team performance starting now. Reserve your spot today at talentplus.com. When managers make a significant impact, their teams are engaged, motivated, and excited. They love what they do. When those people work for you, you get results. Results matter, and people drive results. At Talent Plus, we've assessed millions of people over decades using our rigorous science to predict successful on-the-job performance and cultural fit with an organization's mission, vision, and values. Our online assessments and person-to-person -person interviews not only identify talents, but uncover a roadmap for success from a person's first day on the job to the day they retire. When people celebrate their talents, use them daily, and think about how to lead with their strengths, they help their companies grow, produce, and innovate. Want to learn more about empowering your people to help you do great things? Visit us today at talentplus.com. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Welcome back, and thanks for joining us for Managing to Make a Difference this afternoon. We've been talking to Larry Sternberg about helping people to self-actualize and the impact on the people that you manage. Uh, the topic today comes from Chapter 14 of Larry and Kim Turnage's book, Managing to Make a Difference, and we were talking about uh, the growth formula, talent plus fit, times investment equals growth right before the break. Um, and Larry, let's just go ahead and continue on with that topic. Um, we, we, you were talking about talent and, it, and its definition and uh, how about it's about somebody's potential for, for excellence. Can you give me a story or an illustration to help me to understand you know, some, what you mean by talent and maybe by non-talent, just, just to make sure it's clear for everybody who's listening? Sure. My, my pleasure. This, this story has a title in the book, and the title is The Bellman and the Pizza. 
so the story takes place when I was participating in the opening of the Ritz-Carlton in Dearborn, Michigan. I, I was there to do various uh, management training courses. And we were about a week before actually opening the doors of the hotel. And I happened to be standing near the employee entrance where there is a security guard and a pizza delivery guy came in and went to security and he had two pizza boxes with him. And uh, he was talking to the security guard about who the pizzas were for and so forth and how he was going to get them into the hands of the customer. And just about that time, a young man came around the corner. He was dressed in a bellman's uniform and he was an African-American. And uh, this community, uh, Dearborn, Michigan, is notorious for not being very welcoming toward African-Americans and long history. So in any event, he comes around the corner, he sees the pizza delivery guy and he says to the delivery guy, uh, hi, Um, he introduces himself and, and in the course of his brief conversation, he says, would you please give me one of those pizzas? And the delivery guy says, well, is your name so-and-so? And And the bellman says, no, it's not my name, but uh, here's my situation. My supervisor asked us to work through the dinner break. And they're they're no longer serving dinner here in the hotel. And public transportation isn't running anymore to where I live. So I can't get home. I'm going to have to spend the night here. And if you don't give me one of those pizzas, I'm not going to have dinner tonight. I'm not going to eat. So please. And the bellman, I mean, the pizza delivery guy resisted. But while I stood there, this bellman persuaded the pizza delivery guy to part with one of the pizzas. And then I I got curious. And so the the bellman was going around the corner with a pizza and I peeked around the corner and there were two or three other bellmen there with whom he was going to share the pizza. And it was obvious that none of them would have eaten that night unless this young man had gotten dinner for them in, in the form of this pizza. So I thought that was pretty darn impressive myself. The next morning, I got a call from the hotel general manager, and who is a friend of mine. And he, he started the conversation by saying, Larry, we understand you witnessed an incident last night. <laughs> I said, incident? What are you talking about? He, and then he described the, the pizza. So from the and unfortunately, this pizza was from for some really big vice president of the company. And he didn't get his pizza because the the bellman persuaded this guy to give it away. And so the bellman was in trouble. They were viewing this almost like stealing. And he said, we want you. We're going to write him up and we want you to come down and and to my office here and and be a witness. Uh, And I said, I think you've got it all wrong. I don't think you should be writing this guy up. And the the GM said, what do you think we should do? I said, what I was witnessing was leadership talent. I think we should put him in the management training program. I don't think we should write him up. (laughs) I was seeing, I was seeing potential there. I was seeing leadership. He was, he was securing dinner for 
three other people who were following him. And I, I mean, they were literally physically following him where he went with that pizza. That's where they were going when I peeked around the corner. And it, here's a hint. If you think you're a leader, look behind you. If nobody is following, you're not a leader. You're just taking a walk. Uh, yeah, exactly. And, and but this guy did nothing wrong. Honestly, it was it was one of the greatest uh, incidents of persuasion I I've had the pleasure to watch. She just talked the guy out of the pizza. It was really cool, and uh, so I persuaded the executive team to look at his behavior differently. And once they looked at his behavior differently, I actually persuaded them to put him in the management training program, um, and he. He really shined uh, the moment he got an opportunity to be a supervisor, which would have been, you know, the next step up in his leadership journey. The first day that they gave him leadership, uh, supervisory responsibilities, he uh, he already produced some notable results. So this is this is what talent is. And he was experiencing a lot of self-actualization, I can assure you. And in fact, beyond, I don't think he had a vision that he would rise so rapidly from being a bellman into being a supervisor in this hotel. So you, you've got to be able to spot uh, talent and giftedness when you're, when you're looking at it. So Larry, you bring up a great point to be able to spot it um, for, you know, maybe not everybody is as, as maybe talented as you are perhaps at spotting uh, talent, but do you have some some tips, or do you have a couple of things that you look for when you're thinking about uh, somebody who is? Do they have talent, or do they not? Are they in their sweet spot? Uh, are they self-actualizing, if you will? Um, do you have a couple of things that you know? We've got a lot of uh, maybe new managers or or middle-level managers listening to the show, hopefully, right? Um, and do you have some tips, or maybe some things that they could do to do that talent spotting that you're talking about? I do have some tips, and. I, I want to give credit to Mr. Steve Marks, who is the person who taught me these tips. Steve Marks is the founder of uh, a company called CSS, which is, what is it, Kyle? It's the Center for Sales Strategy. The Center for Sales Strategy, that's right. And he, uh, he is a great teacher and proponent of what we're talking about here, and, and I'm grateful for him teaching me this. So this is how you spot talent. And you can do this with your children, by the way, in addition to your employees, uh, your friends, uh, anyone with whom you're having a relationship. Number one is you look for a yearning. Uh, sometimes somebody just seems to have a yearning to try something. Maybe they see somebody doing uh, sand painting. Or maybe they see somebody who is a professional race driver and they're just, they just say, oh man, that really looks like something I'd like to do. You don't even have to understand why they feel that way, but they do. So you look for this yearning. They've been exposed to something and it calls to them. Number two, flashes of brilliance. So you get them involved in there. And they're a beginner, but you're seeing flashes of brilliance that are just hard to explain. And it might look like beginner's luck. But the time you see the second flash of brilliance, 
It's no longer beginner's luck. There's something going on there. They may have an aptitude. They may have this talent for what they're doing. Number three, rapid learning and progress. So you have a child who says, I really want to play an instrument. And you get them involved in an instrument. And all of a sudden, they get a lot better real fast. And that's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about rapid learning. They, they just like it. Or you get them involved in a sport. It doesn't matter. I mean, any sport. And all of a sudden, you see not only flashes of brilliance, but they're really making progress. And they're doing it very rapidly. And the fourth item is my favorite item, which is joy. Joy in the doing. They just love to do it. Uh, my wife used to manage a parachute club. And Wait, uh, like, like jumping out of airplanes, jumping out of airplanes, okay. parachute club. And she, the, the people who did this are crazy. I mean, were, were almost addicted to it. Yeah. They were out there every weekend getting as many rides as they could get as adrenaline frequently junkies. as they could. Do. Yes. They're adrenaline junkie, but they, they just had the joy in, and my wife actually has hundreds of jumps. I have zero, by the way. Uh, she has hundreds of jumps and when she talks about it, she talks about flying. That's what it feels like when you're doing this, you're flying. And so there's just the joy in the doing, or I'm sure many of our listeners know musicians and they just love to play music and, and you can see it on their face while they're playing music. They, they can get into a different headspace. They can get into a flow state. Uh, and whatever it is. So you get those four things. You get the yearning. You get the flashes of brilliance. You get the rapid learning and progress. And the person has, has joy while they're doing it. And this is one of the reasons that wise parents get their kids involved in a lot of activities. And they might not even be conscious of it. But what they're looking for is activities where the kids are demonstrating these sorts of things that we're talking about here. And when the parent sees that, they go, okay, let's get the child involved in more of that. It's, it's clear to me that this is something that uh, we ought to explore more with them. Because once you see these things, you're seeing a spark. And my advice is whether you see this in somebody who reports to you or one of your children, fan that spark. Throw gasoline on it. See what's there. Well, I don't mean to throw water on the segment here, Larry, but we got to take a quick break here. We're running out a little bit of time. Let's come right back, and we'll we'll leave with that topic of focusing on talent and, and talent spotting. Um, and, hey, folks, if you haven't ordered your book yet, your, your copy of Managing to Make a Difference, these are available on Amazon.com and Barnes and & Noble. And we'll be right back to talk with Larry a little more about talent, fit, investment, and growth. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Asked to manage your teams but wonder when or how? Join Talent Plus on-site with us or at your corporate office for a seminar built just for you. Leadership Toolbox focuses on individual engagement, talent and fit, team dynamics and growth, and creating a strength-based culture. This interactive, seminar-style format is just the set of tools you need for world-class team performance starting now. Reserve your spot today at talentplus.com. 
When managers make a significant impact, their teams are engaged, motivated, and excited. They love what they do. When those people work for you, you get results. Results matter, and people drive results. At Talent Plus, we've assessed millions of people over decades using our rigorous science to predict successful on-the-job performance and cultural fit with an organization's mission, vision, and values. Our online assessments and person-to-person interviews not only identify talents, but uncover a roadmap for success from a person's first day on the job to the day they retire. When people celebrate their talents, use them daily, and think about how to lead with their strengths, they help their companies grow, produce, and innovate. Want to learn more about empowering your people to help you do great things? Visit us today at talentplus.com. the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Welcome back to Managing to Make a Difference with Larry Sternberg, and I'm Kyle Bruce, your moderator today. If you are just joining us, uh, we've been talking about the growth formula, and we've uh, just left off a a discussion about talent. And and Larry, when you were talking about talent and talent spotting, you're looking for, you know, people's yearning to do something, looking for flashes of brilliance and, and rapid learning and progress and then them finding joy in that. It, it couldn't help me but to think about my son, Jackson. He's he's six. Uh, he's in kindergarten. And, you know, I, I, I watch him and I, you know, I, I try to do my best as a dad. And, and one of the things that I've really noticed lately is um, Jackson loves math. You know, he has this yearning to be doing math all the time. Um, and then he'll sit and he'll actually do math on his own. Like he'll get a piece of paper or a notebook out and he'll actually do math problems that he'll make up on his own or he'll he'll make up a problem and he'll say dad do do some math with me and then he just picks up you know he's he's a kindergartner but he's you know he memorizes things too so he's got a really good memory but he'll do high level math like you know 10 times 10 as a kindergartner or 100 times 1000 because you know there's lots of zeros and they're easy to remember but he loves to do that and he he starts giggling about it sometimes when he plays games with me so when you're talking about the yearning and the flashes of brilliance I think of of my son Jackson and math and I tell that story because I think that uh, perhaps some of our listeners may also have the same sort of uh, you know illustration or where they see this maybe with their own children or or siblings or people that they know work around them every single day We've talked about talent, and, and then the next part of the formula is fit. Uh, how would we illustrate that? How would we help people to understand that? You know, we talked about it in terms of when somebody you know, is in the place where their natural talent is what's needed for success, but do you have another illustration you'd like to share with us or another way to talk about it? Sure. I've, I've, got, I've got a couple. I, uh, let, me, let me start with uh, this story. It's called The Entrepreneur and the Bureaucracy. Uh, I was working with a, a an immensely large insurance company and we were helping them evaluate candidates who they were looking for a president of an HMO and this 
And HMO is, uh, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, is a health maintenance organization and known as HMOs. And this insurance company was so big that they actually had 13 health maintenance organizations, wow. each of which had a president and reported up to the group CEO. So I was working with the group CEO, evaluating candidates to become the president of one of these HMOs. And one of the candidates was a woman who had built and sold two HMOs from scratch. Okay, she's successful. She was successful and she knew that business backwards and forwards and was an incredible candidate to be the president of this HMO. And, and after I did my analysis of her, I called the CEO and I said, I've got good news and bad news. Uh, the good news is this woman is an incredible talent, uh, an incredible candidate specifically for being the president of an HMO, and she can do your company a lot of good. He said, what's the bad news? <laughs> I said, the bad news is she's an entrepreneur. She She's done this herself. And you have a highly bureaucratic organization. And if you hire this woman, you need to protect her from the bureaucracy. You need to let her do her thing. If you let her do her thing, you're going to see some incredible results there and, and everybody's going to learn something from her. But if you are not prepared to let her just do her thing, don't hire her. He called me back three days later and he said, uh, we're not going to make her an offer. He said, we, we can't. We are a bureaucracy, and it's clear to me that uh, she would be stifled here. It wouldn't be good for her. It wouldn't work for us. It's too bad, but we're going to pass. And that's what we're talking about. People have to be the right fit for a situation. One of the people I, I talk about when I'm talking about fit is, is Mike Tyson. Uh, for those of you who don't know who Mike Tyson is, and there, and there may be some uh, younger people listening to this podcast, and Mike Tyson has been, at this point, around for a That's while. That's true, you're right. Uh, so, in any event, Mike Tyson is the youngest, in, in, in the world of boxing, the youngest heavyweight champion uh, on record. And when he was in his teens, he was incarcerated in upstate New York. And he was in a boxing program there. So here he is in his teens. He's in jail. He's in a boxing program. And the people at the detention facility had recognized that maybe this guy has some, some aptitude here. And somehow or other, one of the greatest boxing trainers of all time came to watch Mike Tyson box. His name was Cus, C-U-S, Cus D'Amato. And once he got done watching Tyson, he pulled him aside and said, you could be heavyweight champion of the world. He saw it. He saw the giftedness there. Now, Mike Tyson's, let me tell you what the gift is. It's beating people up. Mike Tyson is just naturally good at beating people up. And then you get into a training program and you become better at it. You self-actualize. But here's how we learn about fit. When you use those gifts inside the boxing ring, you become a world-famous sports hero and zillionaire. And Mike, Mike made, uh, to, to my knowledge, made more than $300 million during his boxing career. However, if you use those same gifts, beating people up, 
you use that same gift outside the boxing ring, you get thrown in jail. Mike's had both. It's, it's the same behavior. It's the same gift. It's just when you use it in one context, in a sports arena, it naturally leads to a lot of success. If you use it in the wrong fit, it leads to you getting punished. That's a pretty severe example, but most people understand fit when I'm, when I'm using that example. So you may have, if you're a manager, you may have people whose gifts are not a good fit for the job you have them doing for their current role, for their current set of responsibilities. They, they may not have the kind of gifts that naturally lead to success. And you may be working on changing them in some way so that they somehow exhibit the behaviors that that role needs for someone to be successful. Uh, but they may have other gifts which are not being used. I'll tell you another story. I have uh, some some friends who have several children. And I was visiting their house one night, and um, their mother, the mother, was telling me about her daughter who wasn't doing well in math. Uh And they were going to send her to summer school to catch up in math. And I said, what's she she good at? And they said, oh, she's a really good writer and storyteller. And which didn't surprise me about her mother is a world class storyteller. And uh, so it didn't surprise me that the daughter was as well. And I said, well, how much of that is she getting involved in this summer? Well, they said, none. Her problem is math. I mean, summer from hell for that little girl. Yeah. Where she she just wasn't good in math. And her mother said, well, you know, it's not going to go well for her if she doesn't get good in math. I said, do you think Picasso was good at math? And, of course, no, nobody I've ever met happens to know the answer to that question. <laughs> uh, but I've asked it to a lot of people. And the reason I ask the question is, who cares? It doesn't matter whether Picasso was good at math. He didn't have to have any gifts whatsoever in the world of math. I mean, the guy was a genius. You know, there's there's another painter named Grandma Moses, and you can Google her. And this is somebody we we don't talk about very much anymore, but she's one of the greatest uh, artists, uh, painters, who... uh, came out of the United States and she did not take up painting until she was, I think in her seventies, she was bored. And so she decided to take up painting. Turns out she's a genius. And this, this giftedness, this talent had been lying dormant all the time. It didn't appear when she was in her seventies, it had been lying dormant all the time and she never explored it. And so we're we're talking about self-actualization today. So here she is in her 70s, experiencing this incredible uh, self-actualization and blessing the rest of us with some really wonderful works of art. So, again, what we want to do is spot the talent and help people. Sometimes people don't spot their own talent. And when we can do that for people and then get them involved in that area, Wonderful things can happen for them, and they can make a real difference in the lives of others. 
So that's a couple of stories. So, Larry, we've only got about a minute and a half left here, but um, does fit, and even talent for that matter, do either of those change over time? Do they uh, do they have a material change, in, or can they change, I guess, for, for that fact? Is that something that, that occurs? You know, it probably does from time to time. Um, uh, however, it doesn't matter whether it's changed. I think in most cases what changes is our perception. Sure. So you've got this you've got this gift that somehow has been lying dormant and all of a sudden somebody gets in a situation where they use that gift. And did it just appear or did you just now see it? Right. It, it doesn't matter. The fact is now is when you've seen it. Right. And and, and uh, the founder of many of the theories that we're teaching Dr. William E. Hall used to say adversity often brings out talents that otherwise would have remained dormant. And so you, you're going to get situations in life where all of a sudden a gift that was lying dormant and wasn't needed becomes evident. So I think it's more likely that the perception changes than that all of a sudden they acquired a talent. But who knows? Maybe all of a sudden they acquired a talent. So we're paying attention a little bit better in, in some cases. You're right. Maybe adversity has, has struck. All right. We're going we're gonna to move into um, our last break here before going to our last segment. Um, I want to let everybody know we had a, a, a discovery this week of a way to bulk order Larry and Kim's books. So if you're looking for an even bigger discount and want to order several books for all of your managers on your team, six or more, you can really get a nice discount if you go to www.800ceoreads.com. Again, it's 800ceoreads.com for uh, a bulk purchase of these books if you'd like to get a, a nice discount. So go to the website. We are going to bulk you up. <laughs> All right, we're going to leave you with that. Take a quick break. We'll be right back with more from Larry Sternberg. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Asked to manage your teams but wonder when or how? Join Talent Plus on-site with us or at your corporate office for a seminar built just for you. Leadership Toolbox focuses on individual engagement, talent and fit, team dynamics and growth, and creating a strength-based culture. This interactive, seminar-style format is just the set of tools you need for world-class team performance starting now. Reserve your spot today at talentplus.com. When managers make a significant impact, their teams are engaged, motivated, and excited. They love what they do. When those people work for you, you get results. Results matter, and people drive results. At Talent Plus, we've assessed millions of people over decades using our rigorous science to predict successful on-the-job performance and cultural fit with an organization's mission, vision, and values. Our online assessments and person-to-person -person interviews not only identify talents, but uncover a roadmap for success from a person's first day on the job to the day they retire. When people celebrate their talents, use them daily and think about how to lead with their strengths, they help their companies grow, produce, and innovate. Want to learn more about empowering your people to help you do great things? Visit us today at talentplus.com. 
whether the market's up or down. Or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Welcome back to Managing to Make a Difference with Larry Sternberg, and I'm your moderator today, Kyle Bruce. We were just talking about talent and fit um, and, and how we can uh, spot those sorts of things. But, you know, one of the things I was really wondering about for maybe some of our listeners, Larry, you know, what if you've got a scenario like this? You know, you've spotted someone who you think has exceptional talent or maybe some potential for like a supervisory role. But let's say your hands are tied because of budgets or you don't have an open role per se. What are some of the things that you can do to help that person to self-actualize that you can do right now? How do you help them? Um, You know, it leads, I know, into investment, the investment section. But um, what can they do right now? What are your thoughts? One of the most important things you can do right now is, first of all, meet one-on-one with the person and call it out. Sometimes when you see a potential in somebody, they might not have seen this potential yet okay. in themselves. And the, this, this is one of the most rewarding things that you can do as a, a manager is to see this potential and name it and call it out. And it feels like you're installing it. it you aren't installing it but it feels like you just installed it. Because when you get this right, in the person's heart of hearts, he knows it or she knows it. That, and it, 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 it strikes them as true. And when you call it out and then you start investing in it. So maybe there is no supervisory position available for them. Make time, start teaching them how, how How do you become a great supervisor? I see this in you, and I'm going to start teaching you this. Another thing you can do right away is give them a project and let them lead a project. And and even if it's, you know, they have to have one or two other people, but they're the leader of the project. And so you start finding some limited leadership opportunities for them, and you, you, you can develop it that way. If they're a good supervisor, there might be some some uh, aspect of something they can do in the community that where they can exercise some supervisory responsibilities in a charitable organization or something of the sort. So uh, just the same way you would do as a parent, look around, find, okay, you know, it's there. How am I going to invest in it? Look around and extend yourself and figure out how you're going to fan that flame. So, you know, a lot of people talk about high pose or high potential individuals. And, you know, a question I always see on, you know, the blogs and the question boards and some of the articles about high potentials is should you tell them or not? You obviously are a proponent for telling them, hey, you're a high potential. You've got potential for doing more. You know, what about some of the managers and some bosses out there that just believe, you know, you just need to invest in people by just giving them more money or, you know, everybody just wants a little more money or they want bonuses or rewards in that sort of way. Uh, what do you think about that? What are the other elements well, of investment? People, people do like money. Why? Yeah. So you, you, no, you're not going to meet somebody who says, 
You're offering me more. No, don't give me more money. <laughs> You're not going to meet somebody who says that. But first of all, studies have have clearly established that if you give somebody more money in the form of a raise, the motivational impact of that money goes away pretty quickly, and okay. it becomes an expectation because they're getting it in every paycheck, no matter what they do or don't do. Uh, and and by all means, give give somebody money, but that doesn't lead to self actualization. So if your if your focus, as the focus of this podcast is, is how do you help people self actualize? Uh, unless the money is going to pay for a course, or pay for some experience, uh, I, I one of our mutual friends. Uh, is, is named Mark App, uh, and he works here with us in Talent Plus, and his son is becoming uh, a very, very uh, um, highly regarded gourmet chef, and he has worked in restaurants that are noted to be among the rest, rest, best restaurants in the world, and one of these restaurants has a scholarship program where they send one of their young aspiring chefs to work in a different restaurant that is a world-renowned restaurant, so they'll broaden their learning, and they pay the salary. So the receiving restaurant costs them nothing. That's incredible. And so it's like paying tuition. Right. So that's things, you can do things with money that lead to self-actualization, but simply giving somebody more money doesn't lead to any more self-actualization. And certainly they'll love it. It might help you retain them. It might do a lot of things, but it, it ain't it ain't self-actualization. So what are some of the other elements of investment for people then? What what do you know, what does studies show or what do what do you think um, are other elements of investment if our if our listeners are looking for other ways to do it because they don't have maybe budget to do that? The most important element of investment is relationship. Get into that relationship with the person. Show them that you care. Show them that you believe in them, that you see their potential. Um, and by the way, this this world-renowned trainer, Customato, literally adopted Mike Tyson, formally, legally adopted him. Wow. That's a commitment to a relationship. Yeah. And, and when you see Mike Tyson do interviews, when it's relevant for him to talk about Customato, let me tell you something. He, uh, he expresses uh, uh, 100% appreciation for the difference Customato made in, in his life. So the most important thing you can do is show somebody how significant they are to you by spending time with them, by, showing, by extending yourself to care about them and help them in a variety of ways. So everything else pales by comparison to uh, the investment, that kind of investment in relationship. No human being will ever fully self-actualize outside of the right kind of relationships. So not on their own. And if all else fails, adopt your your people, right? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So, well, Larry, we've only got a few moments left in, in today's podcast, I see, you know, we've talked about, before I talk about next week a little bit though, you know, just to recap, you know, your formula of focusing on people and how to help them to self-actualize talents plus fit times investment equals that growth or, growth or self-actualization. Uh, it's a very powerful um, formula to use. And then next week, we're going to talk about coaching to improve performance. Uh, what does that exactly mean uh, and how does it relate to, to talent and, and the growth formula? Yeah, there's a little redundancy in that 
title, I, which I apologize for that because what are you going to coach for to, to decrease degrade? And right, more, yeah. per, 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 <laughs> of course you're coaching. to So it could have just said coaching. Right. <laughs> uh, but, but it does say coaching to improve performance. And so the question is, how do you do that? Because it's, it's one thing, it's part of one's responsibility as a manager to do coaching. And coaching, of course, is much different than training because training can be pre-planned and organized and, and that sort of thing. Whereas coaching is more of a real-time, immediate kind of thing where you're, you're paying attention to somebody's performance and you are giving them your best advice about things they can change in order to improve their performance. And some of these things they may have to work on uh, because it may not be their, obviously, if you want them to exhibit different behavior, they're not doing it now. They'll have better results if they do it. So they may have to practice it. Right. So coaching to improve performance obviously fits in with our topic of today in terms of talent and fit and helping people from an investment standpoint. So I think that our audience probably will uh, find that to be a pretty exciting topic. And, and that's going to be our show today as we think about um, how to help people to self-actualize. Uh, next week, again, we will hear Larry and Kim talk about their insights for coaching individuals. Uh, that'll be an exciting opportunity. And remember, uh, if you do have comments, you've got questions, you've got feedback, please just click on that email host button, uh, provide us some information. We'd love to answer questions in one of our upcoming podcasts uh, for you. And if you haven't ordered your books yet, obviously you can get those at Amazon or Barnes Noble. And as I said on a previous break, if you'd like to bulk order books, you can get a bit of a discount if you go to 800ceoreads.com. Read. Singular. 800ceoread.com. Excuse me. Thank you. So that's our show for today, folks. It's great to have you here. And until next week, uh, focus on how managing to make a difference. Focus on managing to make a difference in those around you. Have a great day. We'll see you next week. Thank you for joining us for Managing to Make a Difference with Talent Plus's Larry Sternberg and Dr. Kim Turnage. We hope these real-life management examples will help you manage teams across the globe. Just a reminder, this series airs on Voice America, the business channel, each Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. We hope you'll tune in next week for Managing to Make a Difference. Until then, put these practices into place and manage to make a difference.